Hey guys, this is Andre from Trap Nation. Hope you're all having an incredible holiday break so far. To end off 2017 with a bang, I decided to put together a mix of my personal favorites from the year, some old school classics that made trap music what it is today, and all in all, amazing music. Hope you all enjoy it as much as I did making it. This is Andre once again signing off. I hope you guys have a great new year and enjoy the mix. simple is 10-31-20, which if you add up all the digits, you've got a 7. So today should be a lucky day. And it's technically the last day of this month, and it's technically the last Saturday that I get a chance to try and open your mind <laughs> and your eyes and the rest of it, which I know all of you basically understand what we've been discussing, that Tuesday is going to be an interesting day. Uh, I hope I'm wrong that not too many people get shot by stupid militia and other people when they start exercising what they think is their right to protect us from God knows who's going to protect us from them. But we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Be careful. And the key thing, with all the early voting basically over, let's say, today, because a lot of states and vicinities have early voting through today, Whatever the junk is that they're trying to do, because people have gotten smart, they realize they're playing with the post office, playing with their signatures, trying to stop them from anything. The people who've been in the streets, no matter who the hell they're voting for, are saying, you know what, it's my country, I'm going to vote. And they've gotten themselves out there, and I am so proud of them going out there, whatever they believe. And the key thing is today, and especially on Tuesday, if you're online at a voting place, I don't care if they schedule that voting place to close at 6 or 7. They are not supposed to close till the last person who is online waiting to go vote gets the vote. And things will be slower because they have to wipe them down. The lines aren't just because we're all coming out. Places I voted, people I've seen, they're trying to do the right thing and wipe it down. So getting out there and doing the right American thing by voting, you're not going to end up becoming a victim of a virus that we're all getting to learn about. So today's podcast, to close out the month, I labeled it, so what did I say? Now, you'll never hear him say that because he doesn't care what he said. He just goes on to the next statement. And if you remind him, he'll say, no, no, you misunderstood that. And let me tell you what you should understand. So I am hoping, more than hoping, that the uh, wake-up of those millions of voters who apathetically didn't vote four years ago 
will help change it. There are so many Republicans, and as I said, Republican, Democrat, it's our country, we're all Americans, and we're going to have a lot of work to do after this is over. It's not going to be we can go back. We are going to be rebuilding our country, restocking it, resetting it, and everything else. Only as we get in the White House with new administration and fumigate it from whatever idiots were in there, will we start to understand the injustice he did to everybody in the country, whether you like them or not. So make sure you help people. Find out who didn't vote. If you know some older folks who want to, you know some people who didn't get to, check with them. I drafted this crazy little sign on my own computer, just put it in the biggest print I had when I started, and I said there's got to be a simple phrase that typifies what I'm about and what I think America is about. And MIH still stands for make it happen. It doesn't mean you bulldoze people or get over them. It means you help them, but you make it happen. We know what we want. We know how we'd like things to be. You don't have to like everybody. Give them their space and work with them. We all are part of this country. So, so what did I say? Again, you know, it's easy to be cutesy about a man. They do a lot of cute things and dress up in character. To me, it's been Halloween for almost the last three and a half years. Uh, Saturday Night Live came up with great costumes for Alec Baldwin and everybody else to portray different people. But when you keep seeing them week after week because they've flooded the news with their presence because you got a president who's absolutely needing. Again, I don't want to miss anybody. Paul Garcia, good morning from Glendale, Arizona. I've been in Arizona a lot of times. It's a great state. A lot of things that can happen. The more we understand that our states become neighborhoods in our country that we visit. Lisa, again, good morning, Lisa. It's great to hear from you in Detroit. It's a fabulous city. I've been there. It may look downtrodden, but it never is. The spirit of Detroit, when they built that, what's called, I believe, the Renaissance Plaza next to the river, I understood from topography and geography and all my history studies that putting a beautiful building or set of buildings next to a river, it's like putting it next to a mirror. So you get a little more bang for the buck. It looks better. The rest of Detroit, when I saw it years ago, were empty parking lots where they threw buildings down so they would pay less taxes on a piece of barren land. But it's an American city, and it's well-situated, and it will be part of our renaissance. Anyway, and, and I get messages from people all over, and I really appreciate them all. I've got one who's pushing me back to something I hadn't studied in years, more of my astronomy. So we'll get to that, not in the show, but to me, I love it. So we have, again, between sickness, family, and things, and the rest of it, I've been babbling at you without my alter ego around, but my alter ego is here. So you'll hear a more reasoned voice, maybe a little stronger on issues, maybe a little less. We'll see. So without much ado, let me let alter ego get back in the picture in the swing, and we'll allow her to start talking to you. Good morning, everyone. Such a pleasure to be here. Had uh, a lot of family emergencies, unfortunately, for over five-plus weeks, and so I was away, but uh, always thinking of everyone on the show. I do want to talk to you about some things that are happening 
with voting. Voter, voter suppression is very real, people. Please take it seriously, everyone, but specifically blacks, Latinos, you cannot, you cannot sit home and think you're hurting someone by not voting or voting for Trump. You're not hurting anybody, because if you don't vote, you vote for Trump. And if you vote for Trump, all you're doing is solidifying his idea of what he thinks about you and what he will not do for you. So, you know, if this is an appeal, because if you believe in democracy, if you believe in freedom, then you cannot put that man back in power. Uh, I was at uh, the car dealership yesterday, and the uh, uh, man who helped me, he's been helping me for years, he's Italian, actually, you know, looked at me and says, I'm sure you're a Kamala Harris fan. And I started laughing because why do I have to be a Kamala Harris fan? I, he never mentioned Biden at all, which I found it a little bit disconcerting. I'm not going to go into the conversation, but in the end I said I'm voting to keep this country with all its faults and its issues democratic, free of not only foreign interference, but free from internal interference of a president and a Republican Congress who have decided they're going to act like they did under Hitler in Germany, take over and take strip us of everything. If you believe that no matter what, you should have the right to say or do a vote or whatever, then you need to go out and vote and don't stay home. Don't let other people make decisions about your future your present and your children's future because a lot of us have kids and they have to have something to grab onto and the fact that you're not taking this seriously enough makes it very very difficult and don't be afraid if this is the time to not be afraid of anything if you allow bullies to bulldozer over you you will regret it in your lifetime and your children will have nothing so that's what, one of the things that I want to say. I do want to cover a Supreme Court case, but I'll let your uh, host, he, I think he had a couple of things he wanted to say first before I get on my uh, coverage. Let me just say, the thing I learned ever since I was a child growing up, people tend to stereotype us if they don't know who we are and have never talked to us or discussed things with us, just as my older ego had said. Uh, the guy was basically looking and saying, you're probably happy that there's a female on the top or near the top of a ticket, which is a very mild way of looking at things and not understanding. Bottom line is, the type of people I've always hung around with, the women I've gone with, the one I've hang hung with, are people who want to understand and get deeper in things and know what they're talking about. And the point is that he found out that he was talking about a human who knows a lot more about politics than he realized. So let's all exercise what makes the most sense for us. Uh, I spent a lot of time in Washington in my corporate days dealing with and understanding the people who were running the place and how they did things and how they thought. You want to get things done, you've got to understand the audience you're dealing with. Uh, Joe Biden had a reputation as a quiet organizing guy uh, who did things in the background. If you ever want to look up a guy who is one of the strongest in our Congress, who's dead and became president, 
when Kennedy was shot was Lyndon Baines Johnson. Uh, almost every act he passed was an act that Kennedy came up with that was very progressive and very thoughtful on international scope and economics and the rest. Lyndon knew he can get it passed, but Lyndon knew where every skeleton in Washington was. That was the nature of him. He was one of the strongest senators in our Congress. So when he needed to twist arms and get things done, he knew how to get it done. So you want to read an interesting history, read about him. But it's a bunch of people operating to run our country at trade-off. You have to understand how you can get things finished. Or how to embarrass them if they're not working with you. So I always found Washington interesting. I recognize we get things from that. Lou Furlow. Furlow, am I reading? Yes, okay. So what do you do if a polling station turns you down and you're in line? If you're in line, if you're in line before it's closing time, because when it comes to closing time, and I'll give you the simplest example. In most supermarkets, when they want to close one register, they'll put someone at the end and say, tell anybody that you're the last in line. At a polling place throughout my life, when it's coming closing time, they will go to the end and tell them. Technically, they shouldn't close the line till it hits closing hour and then everybody standing there gets the vote. If you don't, see if there are poll monitors there. And I don't mean these guys with AR-15s. You could always call the police if you wish. I do want to say, Lou, if you're, if you're in line and they turn you down, you have to be demand for your vote to be counted. They tried this in Wisconsin during the primaries where they didn't want to let people in even though they have been online. And thank God that these people demanded, they knocked on the window, they refused to leave. The um, news uh, uh, media went there and they had to let them in to vote. They're gonna try everything in their power and the stupidity of the Republicans because they think they're hurting blacks and Latinos and people of color and all this other nonsense. But they hurt whites too because they don't necessarily know that how you're voting don't get off the line i suffered when it was obama's second re-election and the republicans thought they had it all fixed and wrapped up they turned people away from the polling place that they have been going through to for years they had them running around then they wanted us to put our uh, votes in a in a basket they got rid of the machines and they only had one but you know what we did we went and got chairs for people to sit down and we demanded that they fix the damn machine and that we see those ballots going into the machine. I told everyone on that line, and trust me, it was raining that day, don't get off the line, stay on the line, make sure you go in and, get, and do your vote. Here are some chairs, here are some umbrellas, here for the older people, we stayed. That's what you got to do. If, if, if at any time in your life you have to force an issue, this is the time. Do not cower. And if there were an older person in line behind us and getting tired or someone who had issues, you let them get in front of you. Nobody can stop you from letting them get in front of you. So that's another way. And you could be the last one. Let them hack on you. Lisa, for alter ego, myself, our family thanks you for your thoughts. Uh, again, just... Keep after everybody you know to make sure they vote. That's the key thing that's here because uh, this man's going to try and close it down when he thinks he can get away with it, and it's not going to happen as far as I'm concerned. 
So anyway, there are a lot of issues going on, a lot of things I could talk about. I know Alter Ego had stuff that she had put together. I've got things I'll tell you uh, that are going on. Uh, Social Security and stuff, no matter what they're doing with it, and how the president, as I said, there are 60 million of us people who already collect Social Security, at least 60 million. There are at least 40 million of them that, uh, general statistics, that it's their Social Security is half their income. So if 2023, because he decides he's going to cut the payroll tax because it benefits all his Mar-a-Lago members and key executives, the stupidity of someone like him who forgets, you may know how to market, but what kind of market are you going to have when you starve out your consumers? Your consumers will want to run you down if they see you, and they will not be able to buy anything. So who in the big companies are going to fund you when you've caused them to go out of business because you starved the consumers. It's that simple when you understand the economics. Let me let my alter ego, she has some other items she wanted to go over, and then I'll throw a few items out. So the Supreme Court on Monday refused to allow the trial court that had ruled stating that in the state of Wisconsin, the ballots could be counted six days after the election. Absentee ballots, by the way. And the reason for that, people, please remember, what has Trump and the Republican Party done? They've taken over the post office, our post office, and they've slowed the mail down. They've taken machines out so you can't sort them as quickly. They've gotten rid of overtime so that the, you know, the delivery guys can't get there after a certain time. So in the past, as long as your ballot was stamped by the date of election, it would be counted. Now, all of these individuals, 80 to 100,000 ballots, think about that in the state of Wisconsin. What does that mean? Ballots that will not be counted. I am appealing to people, if you're listening to this show, if you mailed your ballot, and you have checked with your supervisor of elections and they still don't have it, you can go and vote in person and say, I mail my ballot or go to your supervisor of election and let them give you what they call, I believe it's a provisional ballot, so that they know that you voted because it is not right what they're doing. And they have packed the court for black people who you're not paying attention and Latinos 200 federal judges, all white. Three Supreme Court judges, one illegally, as far as I'm concerned with the woman they just confirmed, she's going to be the hatchet woman to take away our voting rights, take away a woman's right to choose. He's using a woman to do that. And unfortunately, based on her writings, she's the right person. So I'm just letting everybody know they slowed the mail down. They're taking people off the voting rolls. Mr. DeSantis has done everything in his power in the state of Florida to keep felons from voting, even though we, we voted for their right to do so. So for three years, he's been fighting it in court, and now he came up with this issue of you got to pay your fines. People have donated to pay their fines, and now he's investigating the people who have donated to pay the fines. It's illegal now to give your neighbor money to help them out. This is how corrupt 
this administration is. So what has happened now with the court ruling, if you're in Wisconsin, please go in person and vote. Do not mail your vote. Go in person, period. Or go to the supervisors of elections office, hand them your ballot, make sure they record it. Otherwise, it's going to mean nothing. That's how this party works. They don't know how to win fairly. They put that woman in there to nullify whatever Justice Roberts do. Roberts, even if he goes against them, they will still win because he wants to make sure that he gets in no matter what. Please, I'm begging you, go out and vote. Start thinking about all of the things that have been happening. Pay attention. Don't disregard it. This is serious business. And let me just give you a little more history and a little bit of what's going on so you get the background of it. There are a couple of things that people don't recognize. While taxes have made it easier for people on the high end, in fact, you've heard it not just from me, if you listen to different shows, people who are wealthy generally do not get salaries or wages. If I owned a company, I'm not going to get a payroll. I'm going to get a compensation by whatever's left in the kitty when I'm done. You know, if it's a million bucks, it's mine. It's my share. I built the company. But what happens is people at these higher levels, traders, hedge fund things, they convert what they're doing into what's called capital or investment assets, and therefore they pay at these flat, low rates, while the rest of us, we hope to get promoted, make more money, and we pay at progressive rates. Totally unfair. So the point is that that's part of what has to change because that's been a big giveaway. But what people don't understand is Reagan, who was a very presentable president, he'd done a lot of commercials, he was an excellent speaker, so he was great for running. <laughs> and he knew what he was talking about. He didn't hesitate like Trump and just st stammer and change his mind every two seconds. But Reagan did a lot of things when you really study it. He was a nice enough guy, but... He was the guy who put in the I-9 so that he could find out who's here illegally. It's okay, we need a system. He misunderstood what was going on. I talked about it in a former podcast. I won't go to it now. But what he also did, and I believe he was the one, he decided that if you're getting unemployment insurance, it's wages. Okay, it's replacing your wages. You should be taxed on it. So, but a lot of people don't understand why they're scraping together and trying to get by on that first help bill with 600 bucks extra here or there, and they're arguing whether we're going to give it, they're going to owe money on their unemployment benefits that they got. So not only are you getting a little bit of money, you're going to get taxed on it. While all these high end, they don't consider it wages. They don't get taxed on it. So what they've constantly done, which people don't pay attention to, is try and make it that the mass of us have to always keep paying so there's enough money in the kitty so they could run the country the way they feel it should be rather than the way we know it should be. It's a soft revolution, but you should understand these things. We pay, just like Social Security, they wanted to tax that. He didn't get to do that. But unemployment insurance, it's called insurance because the employer or the employee or both or the consumer who I've taught you pay every cost, pay an amount to make sure there's a fund if people are out of work.
So if you get a group life insurance policy and you die, that doesn't get taxed, okay? Same thing with this unemployment insurance. We bought insurance to help people live when it's the only thing they have. It's another change we have to all make sure we think about after this election is over, okay? And then when it comes to benefits, we are a great country because we don't like people dying in the streets. That's why we all paid extra when people weren't covered before we had the Affordable Care Act. And the mandate of you must contribute if you're going to have access to an emergency room that we're paying for. What happens is you've got to make sure that we make sure that people keep that insurance, keep the coverage, and then we have benefits. SNAP is the current thing for what's considered food stamps, okay? Long term, but it supports people. They use it, a lot of it is used for children who don't have good food, and food is necessary to develop as a human. They get breakfast at school, they get lunch at school, they're delivering it now if they're not in school, because it's our population. When they didn't get this, we had higher, higher rates of diabetes and high blood pressure when these undernourished children grew up. We had to spend more money. It's that simple, folks. So SNAP is an important program, but Trump is trying to make it harder to collect it because they said the law, well, if you're able-bodied and you're not working, you shouldn't get that benefit. But right now, the pandemic and the lack of working the pandemic rightly and leading the country, you had all these unemployed people. How are they going to eat, even if they're able-bodied? They can't get a job. So there's a lot of ugliness that we have to cure when we get in there. Good thing is Biden's the type of guy from everything I knew in Washington who puts his head down and works on this stuff. And let me tell you, Kamala's going to have a lot of work to do, but she's done tough jobs. So let's look forward to a team who's going to fix the country. Let me just correct a couple of things. First of all, the SNAP program, he cut the funding, and the SNAP program came about because during World War One and Two, especially World War One, I've covered this before, a lot of the troops that were being recruited were undernourished. They decided at that time, Congress, that they had to put a program together that would at least make sure that people were being fed, whether you're in rural communities, uh, Midwestern communities, urban areas, etc. So it was at the time, it was because of the military effort and the, and the fact that our troops were undernourished. That was a fact. The program was extended to make sure that food was being given to kids at school especially from poor areas. And by the way, poor areas are white, black, pink, and yellow. I'm really sick and tired of people thinking that poor areas are just black. You've got a lot of poor whites sitting in God knows what that don't even have running water. So it was for everybody at that time. In those situations, you had to prove that you made X amount of money and that you weren't making a lot of money. And then in the late 90s, they decided to make it across the board. Any child going to school should be allowed to have lunch or, or, or breakfast or whatever. And that makes sense to me because we're all paying for this. The WIC program is for new mothers who give birth and they can get some, you know, uh, 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 sub uh, subsidies 
to allow to make sure that the kids are getting their milk and all the things that they need to help them to grow. So now that she's not corrected me, but filled in the history of how all this developed, which I absolutely agree with, I decided I didn't have to do that history because I knew she had other items to go to. Let's see if she can go on to other items that we were going to try and present today. But uh, the correction is not a correction. It's as I like to do is tell you how we got here, what happened. And yes, we have this history where we recognized because if you're in the military, I hate to tell you, you can be court-martialed for not keeping yourself in good shape and ready for combat. In other words, ready to do your duty. So if you just lay around and don't eat right and don't exercise, they can court-martial you. It may sound funny because you're not prepared to serve because you're in an army so they can, you've you're got a uniform, you've got weapons, you've got things. They need to send you somewhere. You've got to be ready to fight and do your job. So there's a lot of history behind all of this that we got to. I thank my alter ego. Let's let her get to the other topics that she wanted to present now that she's giving you the background that I left out. I want to talk about, again, we, we've been talking voter, 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 voter suppression, right? The Minneapolis Police Union, under the instructions of Donald Trump and his attorney for the re-election campaign, has asked the police union to recruit police officers to be poll watchers and so-called retired police officers. Retired police officers to be poll watchers in so-called dangerous or problem areas. Here we go again. Blacks, you're not allowed to vote. You shouldn't vote because you're the problem. It's never the whites that are creating this issue. It's always you. So now he's decided that police officers who are retired should, be go, should go and intimidate you. You know what? Police officers all across the country and police unions, and I support police officers because we need to have a society that you can actually live in. Otherwise, you will have anarchy. But I refuse to support the fact that our police officers and the police union use the police against people. What the union should have said was no, and they didn't do that. So now we've got all these police officers who are retired who are going to go to problem areas, meaning black and Hispanic neighborhoods. Blacks and Hispanics, I'm telling you right now, do not allow them to intimidate you and take your damn rights to vote away from you. This president should be in jail for even doing this. I know that in Minneapolis, the state attorney general has stated that they're not going to tolerate that, Keith Ellison. However, uh, I'm sorry, uh, the, the problem is that we have issues with that because they're going with their guns, they're going with their AR-15s, he's trying to make sure they go to Philadelphia, all of these people to intimidate voters from voting. Pay attention, people. This is what the president, like Hitler is doing, taking over our law enforcement so that they can kill us or keep us in our place. Now recognize, as usual with him, he's going to pick places where he feels that he wants to intimidate people who wouldn't vote for him. But let me tell you a few things. Under our country and our laws, you go out there and do your thing. Call the real police if you have an issue. And I can tell you, one, we're back to the 
term I gave you a couple of months ago called depraved indifference. He can be put on trial for it. Two, he's actually promoting insurrection and sedition by bringing these people in because they're not necessarily trained and up to date. Now, the background, a few months back, maybe six months, a year ago, there was an older guy who was serving as a security officer and going on patrols. Nobody had checked if he's up to date, and if I remember, he killed the kid because he was carrying his gun. Doesn't mean that if he wasn't trained and up to date that he couldn't do the job. So a lot of these are not going to listen to him. And finally, the generals in our armies have said a few months ago, they said, if he orders us to go into the country to do anything, we are not listening. Well, let me just say that the generals have proven through three years that they listen to whatever Trump tells them. And so I personally don't trust any of the generals. Look like what look at what they did in Washington, D.C. just recently. But a little bit of history. The Republican National Committee was placed under 35 years of court supervision in the 1980s for a similar scheme of hiring off-duty law enforcement officers to patrol polling stations in communities of color in New Jersey. But then what happened? Uh, it expired two years ago, two years ago. So this is why they're doing it again, because they're no longer under court supervision. And of course, we have Donald Trump in power. So people pay attention. This is what we have going on in our country. Again, my alter ego has proven my point. They were taken to court and put under a long term of supervision. It may have to happen again. Just be aware of what the law means. Good morning, Ronald. Thanks for joining. So good to, to, to see that you're on. Please, people, this is real, right? A lot of uh, Trump, he's calling anybody that's protesting Antifa us now. People remember, he's the criminal. His entire cabinet are corrupt criminals. The Republican Party, the Senate, are in line with him. All of these Republican governors across the country are all lock in step. So you gotta be careful with what's going on. Unfortunately, we no longer have a three branch of government system. We only have him and we have the house. And when you're voting, you got to vote to make sure that the Democrats get the Senate and keep the house. Otherwise, if Biden gets in, he's not gonna be able to do anything because they're gonna do to him what they did to Barack Obama try to not allow him to make any policies. The only thing that Biden will be able to do is reverse every one of Trump's executive orders, which he will need to do. And again, when you see these militia, I have to tell you, I have two different major thoughts about them. One, I feel sorry for them because they think that they're going to get out there and do a display of arms. You know, let's say there are 20,000 of them out of a country of 330 million people. The sad part is, if they turn their guns on or do something at the wrong moment, in the wrong spot, they're going to die. And they're going to die uselessly because they thought they were a militia. They are not a militia. They are not authorized to do what they're doing. And that is counter to the country they think they're defending. They should reach a little deeper in their heart and understand how they can change things the right way. 
I want to talk about Jared Kushner, Mr. Miller. I look at them, and I know that my uh, the host is not going to like what I'm going to say, but I say it all the time. I look at them as Hitler Jews. They are sitting there and putting policies to hurt, kill, criminalizing people. In the 1980s, Ronald Reagan, and I'm not a Ronald Reagan fan at all because I know some of the damage that he did to people. In the, during Ronald Reagan's time, he insulted blacks, saying that they are scammers, they are lazy, they steal in their cheats, which is funny because that's what people like him and in their position do all the time. And he did this in 1976. And when he did that, he decided, I'm going to cut spending on public assistance because he thought it was only harming poor blacks. Guess what? The majority of people on public assistance in America happen to be white. They happen to be in southern and rural and midwestern communities. So he thought he was hurting just people of color. He was hurting everybody else. Now comes along Jared Kushner, and he says the same thing. You know what I love about these people? They never worked a day in their lives. Their daddies handed them money. They went to the best schools. They don't even have an idea of what it is to really live life the way the average person like the rest of us do. And then they get up there as they're stealing and cheating and taking our money and have the nerve to say poor people don't want to work and blacks are lazy and blacks are this. You know what? In my family, and I'm a Latina, I'm mixed, I'm Jewish. In my family, the men take care of their kids. They cook for their wives. They're clean, clean for their wives. They do everything in their power to make sure their family is okay. Who the hell is Jared Kushner to say all blacks are lazy and cheaters when Trump just gave him an $800 million loan out of our treasury, our money, for him to invest in apartment buildings in Virginia, which we, the people, would have to pay at, at zero, zero interest. Who's stealing and who's cheating and who's scamming? Black people, those of you who are thinking of voting for Trump, Omarosa White, Tim Scott, all these people are put there to keep you in place. They're lying to you. Some of these ministers are lying to you because they get a little bit of money and you don't go any further. Jared Kushner, Donald Trump, all of them feel that way about blacks in general. Please, when you listen to them, get past whatever they're saying and realize that what's at play here is over a hundred plus years of blacks fighting to get rights in this country. People died, they were murdered, they were hung. And you are sitting around considering these people to be your leaders for four more years? I don't think so. There's something in psychology and understanding uh, which describes me to a certain point. What we have to do without being uh, nasty to ourselves is there's something called self-criticality. It's when you have developed yourself to a point when you can look in the mirror, you don't even need a mirror, and you can talk to yourself and say, hey, why did you just do that? That's not what you supposedly stand for or feel. 
So I've always surrounded myself with people because of what I like. I like people who are intelligent and independent and the rest. So whenever my alter ego is ready to remind me of things, it's fine with me because the thing that everybody has missed with Trump, he may point to he's going after this group or that group, but just as Hitler, who she brings up, did, you got to start someplace. So you want to rally everybody till you've got them all under control to go after that targeted group. With Hitler, it was the Jews in Germany. Once you've got that, you've got broader control over the country. The other folks who thought they're the good Germans that are like you find out that they have no rights. You're going to tell them what they can do and how they can act and when they can go out. It's a crawling thing. You don't just put it on as a blanket. You give a pillow, you give a little bit of a cover. This is how you do it. There's a famous Japanese general, you can look him up, his name was Tanaka. He told you how to take over the world, a piece at a time, because you can't just fight the whole world. When Hitler opened up too many fronts in Russia and in the West and the East, that's when his biggest advisors told him he was gonna lose, and lose he did. So no matter how strong you are, no matter how smart you think you are, if you don't develop your self-criticality to hold yourself in check so you don't overextend, and I'm not talking a life or death battle, but as you go forward, you're going to miss a very important part of getting where you want. Back to my alter ego. I want to, I'm putting a little bit of an international uh, affair here in my next discussion because nobody's covering it, unfortunately, because we only give uh, the, the king all the media uh, time. We were in Chile last year, Hola Chilenos, and loved it. And for people who had been in Chile during the dictatorship of Pinochet, when you go there, you found, oh my God, I was ready to move myself because it was absolutely incredible what they managed to do in 40 years of getting out of a dictatorship until now. And then 2019 hit, and the billionaire who's a buddy of Donald Trump, his name is Sebastian Pineda, decided he was going to raise the train fees. And students who go to school and parents, I mean, these people, they don't make tons of money because you don't see uh, the underlying issues in the country when you go. They decided to protest. That's what you see there. Over a million people just in the city alone, Santiago, and in all the other surrounding region, millions, and they kept that up for an entire year. And what did they do on Monday, October 26th? They voted to replace the military dictatorship era constitution that they had been living under for 40 years, even though they are technically now a dem democratic country. But during those 40 years, what happened? They have a tremendously high German wealthy population in Chile. They practically own everything. They sold the country out to China, to uh, 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 Germany, other countries. They don't even own their own water or nothing. But they voted to replace it and at least get some rights that they didn't have. So they have 155 citizens are going to draft the new constitution. 
in April of 2021. They're going to vote to see who those citizens are going to be that are going to be doing the drafting. They have one year to complete it. In the interim, the legislature is uh, made up of 50% of, uh, of individuals that the voters will vote for and 50% of the empresarios of whatever the president picks. So, you know, they're going to be the ones that are going to be able to probably gather all the votes they need. They don't even have to run. The other 50%, they do have to run for office and they need 74,000 signatures to be able to be on the ballot. But, but you know it's what? It's a shot at equal representation Absolutely. as a 50-50 start and it's up to them to make it happen. And now let me give you a little history on Chile very briefly. The reason they've got so many German ancestry there is on one of my trips many years ago, I discovered I had very distant relatives around what they used to call Circa Santiago, Circa meaning around, because they didn't even give them a name. They were just in the outskirts of the city in the old days. In the 1800s, when Chile wanted to build up, he went to the Kaiser in Germany, and he said, send me your skilled workers, which back then were carpenters and masons. And they came down there and they enjoyed the atmosphere, the beautiful women. They ended up living there. They're part of the culture. So that's how they got their infusion. Back to my alter ego on what she wants to talk about next. So I just want everybody to be aware, uh, Latin countries who are around, please pay attention. And you have to start somewhere. And it's going to be a, a battle. But I love the fact that the people pushed the country into where they are right now. Very important. People need to learn that here in America. You need to get out. You need to protest. You need to do it if you want to really see change in the future. So now I want to talk about women are always saying, and again, I, I you know, I got to break it down by race. I'm sorry. You know, white women would get on TV and talk about all the non-opportunities they have in this world. Oh my God, they can't break the glass ceiling. So women, unfortunately, are put in the same thing, whether you're black, white, pink, or yellow, you're put in the same category. Well, here's an interesting fact. There are 32 white females who are heading major Fortune 500 companies in America today. 32, that's a lot. Though there are zero black. The only black that was there was a woman who is from Panama, who was the president of Xerox, and in 2016, she stepped down. She was also the chairwoman. And the only Latina, Gisha William, left PG&E, and so there are none. So there are zero, zero. And then if you look at males, well, there are four black male CEOs, Marvin Ellison of Lowe's, Kenneth Frazier of Merck, Roger Ferguson of TIAA, and Jide Zitlin of Tapestry. And then if you go into sports, you know, you've got the one black president, Jason Wright, Washington Redskin. But they're males. Let me say this. No matter what part of our population, we keep trying to adjust. And what we have to do is make sure everybody treats everybody as Americans. Because just as I said about Chile's history, just as my alter ego pointed about some of the history, as far as I'm concerned, we all come out of a common pot one way or another. And if you think about it, if there are 38 out of the Fortune 500, that means you've got 462 that are not part of that group. 
which is, means there's 15 times the women running the rest of the Fortune 500. And for just statistics, that's at least 15 times what the women are running. And that's not generally fair. We don't want to just place them there so we can have the right shades when we look at the, the pictures they take on the annual report. We have to get to the point where we treat everybody equally, fairly, and people can make their money no matter what they are and what they're doing. So let's go on with the next topic. Well, let me finish with the topic that I'm on, which is, again, the CEOs. Uh, one interesting fact, male CEOs are more um, geared to giving jobs based on nepotism to friends and everybody else than women in general. I will say that I and, 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 and white men who run these companies typically vote Republicans, so do the white women who are running these companies. Let me just say, I am not a proponent of this male-female thing only because there are too many men and too many women in the working class that don't have anything. A lot of men can't break any ceiling because they're black, they're, they're Latino, or they're poor whites, or whatever the hell the case might be. I believe in looking at things family. You have to have men, women, everybody needs to work together for a common cause. That's not happening. So when you talk about women and women and women all the time, it makes it seem like every man out there is making $3 million, has these executive jobs. Sitting, or that they don't matter. Or that they don't matter and they're CEOs. So many of them are picking fruits and vegetables back-breaking work, they don't get respect, they have to swallow their pride trying to make money for their families and to survive. It's not just women. They're not making equal pay to the other men, and I can tell you that this is why unions are important. If unions do nothing else for anybody, they make sure that there's equality of pay across the board, not that if I'm friends with you, I earn more and my my, my colleague who's doing the same thing is earning less. One of the craziest scenarios when you want to really get uh, into science fiction was a simple novel short story that said everybody's going to get educated, everybody's going to get smart, they're going to have degrees, they're going to want to do great. Nobody will want to clean up the garbage or do plumbing. So anybody who cleans garbage, a garbage collector, will get paid a million bucks because you'd have to find somebody who's willing to take that dirty job. And you know what? They're going to out-earn everybody else because no one wants to do it. We can't be stupid about how we treat each other or people. Think about it and come up with your own scenario, but realize how we can deal as humans with each other. Go ahead. Federal workers. Federal workers. I've been saying this for three years. They started with the VA, stripped the union of, uh, of being able to represent these nurses and CNAs. So what does your illustrious dictator do? Signs an executive order on October 22nd that says, essentially, you no longer have any protections, federal workers. And if you're not loyal to him, he's just made it easy for you to lose your job. Congress, where the hell are you? You're supposed to have protections for federal workers. Oh, and the other thing that he did was make sure that he's going to reclassify them so that they cannot join the union. 
by the way this reclassification is going to take place in 90 days or January 19. So this is the kind of stuff that he has uh, told the Federal Labor Relations Authority to remove the positions that exist today from the bargaining unit. So here we go again, taking away your right to be in a union, taking the union's ability to defend their workers, and now you've got to walk around and not say anything about the president, and they can fire you now. So we will never know what's going on because naturally, what do people do? They get afraid for their jobs. They're not making tons of money Understand, at the federal level. Understand, what Trump's been doing, and he has left, and this is what Biden, I'm, I'm sure, is aware of, and he will become aware of when he gets in office. There's a lot to clean up because Trump has planted what we could easily refer to as landmines, time bombs, whatever you want to call them, that we're going to have to undo. And there are easy ways of undoing it. Joe's been around long enough to know that. But from the beginning, when he asked for loyalty from Comey, okay, and we all remember who Comey is with the election with his final thing in October before Hillary was voted out or not in, the bottom line is we always have to be aware there are things that people put out there as traps. We don't need them. We waste time doing them. We want to move forward. We have to move forward as an entity, as a country, with each other. So let me allow, I think she has another one, and then I have a couple of simple ones I'd like to get to. Yes, I'm going to make this quick. I always... Are you, are you done? <laughs> Levity works for me. As always, I'm always comparing Hitler to Trump because we do have Hitler right here in the U.S. He's a dictator. Why would you compare them? Because they don't have specific policies. They don't campaign on specific policies. Beyond a few slogans, oh, the blacks are killing us. Antifa is here. Everything is corrupt. They promise a new vision of leadership. They portray the existing political system as corrupt, even though they're the ones that are corrupt. Incompetent, they're the ones that are like that. Um, they, they, they are unable to generate decisive action in the face of pressing problems. But um, I'm sorry, let me um, I just want you to take know. a few minutes so that I can let you know to follow us on Facebook, on uh, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, uh, uh, what else? Facebook and Instagram. And we're Instagram, under the same, absolutely. We're under the same thing. It's A-E, the word equals, then M-C and the word squared. And again, if you need to send us the Gmail, is A-E, the word equals, M-C, then S-Q, and then at gmail.com. So the, the similarities between Trump and Hitler is that they use a false struggle <laughs> that they never really have, that somehow makes them authentic leaders, that they, they use the force of character to try to force you to do what you want to do. The only difference between Hitler and Trump is that Hitler actually did serve in the military, and this jackass didn't do it for five opportunities he refused to serve his country yet he has the nerve to illegally wrap himself around the flag and if their hair is a clue one is a lefty one's a righty and so hitler <laughs> took over germany believe it or not in the 1930s because germany was considered a republic in 1919 in world war one after world war one 
the Treaty of Versailles was uh, uh, signed and they had to pay war debts. And so then we had a global economic crisis in the 1930s. And since a lot of Germans didn't like the fact that they were under this agreement, it was very easy for Hitler to come in and take over and then make sure that he became chancellor of Germany. But one of the things that he did was he took over emergency powers and put in the enabling act through Congress at that time. He was appointed chancellor in, 19, in 1933, and he started taking over the police. All of these organizations, he changed them, and they became his personal personal army, personal everything, and he started breaking down Germany little by little. Businesses, organizations, democratic organizations, he started jailing anybody that he considered his enemy, just like what Donald Trump said when he was running in 2016. If you remember, Omarosa said it multiple times, and he is doing it now with William Barr. Be careful, because if he gets in there, Many people are going to be arrested. Many people are going to be jailed because that is his ultimate goal. Guess what the favorite book of Donald Trump and the, fa the, the most famous person that he has followed all his life, Hitler and the book Mein Kampf. If you didn't read that book, I've read it many times, you should read it. And a little fact, in India, Hitler's book is used in business school as a way of learning how to get ahead in life. How to train Scary. you for leadership, because both of them set principles of how to take over control of parts, not as an end result. Mein Kampf stands for my dream. Hitler wrote it while he was in prison. Hitler, which people don't talk about, like Trump, projected and told you what he wanted. Mein Kampf, my dream, told you what he was going to do and wanted to do. Just as Trump tells you when he projects, oh, those people do this, those, meaning what he's going to do. The, the election's rigged, meaning he's rigging it. So they followed the same path in a lot of ways and the divisiveness. Hitler went into little towns and stuff and he would take and appoint the lowest downtrodden person in the village. Your pig farmer, your shoemaker, who everybody looked down on, let's say, in that village. He'd appoint them the burgermeister meaning the head of the village. And now all those people who used to piss on that poor little uh, creature now had to listen to that. So he kept them all divided the way Trump does with people so that they weren't focusing on what the man was doing to their life. They are very much alike in a lot of ways. I don't need to analyze them further. We just need to vote him out of office. And be careful where you are and what happens couple of quick things I wanted to give you. One, Social Security, it's kind of interesting when you hear it. You can go Google it, look it up. It isn't that Congress has taken the Social Security and the rest of it. Years ago, they set up where you've got trillions of dollars sitting in the Social Security fund. If you don't use your money, we don't want them to get rid of it or fritter it away or give it away uselessly, but they use it and they have to pay interest on it. But we're not correcting our tax system, which we need to do, so that it doesn't run out or, as Trump wants to do, get rid of it. So if you're rich, you're great, but he'll have 40 to 60 million people who will not be getting a check by the end of 2023 
who want to run after him with their cane and beat him to death. Last thing, when it comes to drugs and vaccines, and I told you already, this man has spent our money to do the research, our money to buy the vaccine.